Well, hello, this is Paul, and I'm at Cloud Connect, and I'm with Tony Lucas. He's the Senior Vice President of Product at Flexient, also known as the Product Guy. And uh, he uh, is going to talk to us today a little bit about what the future is for public clouds or what it could be and possibly what it should be. So, Tony, maybe you could uh, introduce yourself just a little bit more and tell us a little bit about Flexient, and then we'll start the conversation. Okay, thanks, Paul. So, as I say, I'm the product guy, basically, at Flexion. Um, I handle everything related to future roadmap, market intelligence, and everything that we do looking forward into into the, uh, the market itself. Flexion has a product called Flexion Cloud Orchestrator, which is designed to allow service providers, hosters, data centers, telcos, to build a cloud services business. So that, that's where we're, at. we're laser-focused. We don't sell to enterprises. We're not interested in deploying to private cloud because we believe the long-term future is public cloud of a sort. Um, it might be externally hosted private cloud or single-tenanted in some ways, but that's that's the long-term um, plan. So we basically have a software solution that allows people to, to build their own public cloud platforms. I know you guys were an early entrant to the market years ago, and I think you have some good insights into where the future of the industry is going. What are your thoughts for how cloud service providers, particularly new ones, can succeed in this market? Uh, well, we we got into this market before we even knew it was cloud called cloud. It kind of predated it. I think we we wrote our first code in two thousand and five that that's turned into what the product is today. It's a really interesting time for new entrants and for um, existing um, incumbents or existing startups in this area. And in a lot of ways, the new entrants have actually got an easier time of it because they've got a green... Okay, they don't have an existing revenue base, but they've got a greenfield prospect of, of how they can actually do things. They're not constrained by existing models or concerned about revenue attrition. The, the key for anyone, whether they're a brand new provider or whether they're an um, existing provider in this market, is to find some way to differentiate what they're doing, though, because there is thousands of companies already out there offering hosted services. There is hundreds of them advertising them as cloud, whether they're cloud or not, but that's a, probably a debate for another time. Um, and um, it is pretty hard to get noticed, but the, the key is it's not just about basically providing pure infrastructure and being cheaper than the next guy, because that's just a race to the bottom in terms of price, and ultimately um, that will uh, uh, that will only work for the, the, the bigger guys in the industry, because that all comes down to cost of capital at the end of the day. The really interesting thing we are finding, though, the new entrants that we're seeing are not necessarily what you consider traditional software providers, uh, so, uh, service providers. We're seeing systems integrators and software distributors, um, some of the really big software distributors, are building their own clouds and building the data center, building the tin out themselves, because they, they can see how um, the industry is actually going to be disrupted. Their industry is going to be disrupted by cloud services, and so they're getting in on the game to begin with and actually selling allowing all their resellers and, um, across um, all their different markets to actually sell cloud services as well. So it's really interesting to see you've got all the traditional guys and you've got the, the, the behemoths of the, the Amazons and the Googles and the Microsofts of the world, and then you've got all these new entrants as well that are from a more traditional enterprise IT background. And um, so there, there's a lot of different movement um, going on there at the moment. It's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out um, over the next few years. Okay, and I know you mentioned differentiation as a, a nice approach to succeed in the market. Do you have specific thoughts on there, maybe um, on the technical side, maybe product features, service features, SLAs, that sort of thing? Sure. Um, I think there's there's two sides to it. There's there's differentiation on a on a 
very much a technical level. So that might be literally what you're actually building your compute platform out of in terms of it's um, doing everything with SSDs, for example, so you can do high performance or building something that's marketed at a specific niche, such as healthcare or, or, or high performance computing. Um, you've then got differentiations through more traditional methods. So the service offerings that you actually got, the, the how flexible it is. Do you do per hour billing? Do you stick with monthly billing? What, what level of flexibility do you give people? But you've then got uh, things like differentiating through customer service and support. Um, it might be through locality. It might be through latency. There's, there's a, an awful lot of ways that um, it can be done. And we wrote a paper on this. Sorry to pitch the paper, but we wrote a paper that goes into a lot more detail on this um, because it's, it's a really interesting point. The risk is, without any kind of differentiation, the market is so competitive out there now, it's going to be really, really hard to survive because um, this is really a fundamental change. We've seen several fundamental changes in the hosting market over the years. And the, it's amazing, almost, it feels like overnight, but it is very quickly. You see new market leaders come in and established um, companies um, disappear and die because they can't innovate away. Um, and I think we're just on that tipping point now. What about the the different layers of maybe a cloud offering? You talked, I guess, a little bit about, say, SSDs at the, the low level in the infrastructure. What about other services layered on top of the infrastructure? What do you think people should do there? Well, I, I think actually that's one of the keys in all this. Is um, I was listening to a presentation recently that was talking about how, how dominant Amazon was and why they were so dominant. And they're saying, well, it's because of their scale. Well, no, they weren't, They didn't have the scale to begin with. They've got the scale because they've got the customers in the beginning. And they said, well, it's geographic reach. Well, yeah and no. I think that's not actually that hard to replicate. Geographic reach and scale is a bit hard to replicate. But, but I think the real difference that makes someone like Amazon so successful and what everybody else needs to, to follow with as well is actually the, the breadth of services that are actually offering. You've got all this enterprise IT that is looking to move out to service providers. They don't just want to buy bandwidth and CPU power and, and memory. They're actually looking for a, a variety of added services and added value for those service providers to do. They're crying out for it. And that might be monitoring, it might be systems management, it might be databases as a service, um, it could be any number of things. But um, the key is actually starting to move up the stack and actually providing more genuine added value into that business so that um, it's a bit of a cliche, but they look to you more as a partner rather than just a, a cost center. And that's the same argument that's always been had about IT, which is when it's looked at as a cost center, nobody it's it's everybody's bad guy, nobody likes it. But it, when it's actually seen as adding value, then uh, it's a very different proposition. And that's that's the key that uh, service providers need to, to achieve. And what do you think about uh, maybe the difference between catering to an enterprise IT organization uh, by layering services on top of the infrastructure versus catering to developers on top of that infrastructure. Do you see that as a, as a big difference? Do you see you know one as a, a bigger opportunity than another? Do, do service providers need to choose to focus on one or an, another of those? It's a really good question. And actually, what, there's kind of two points to this, which is it's part of it's focusing on more cloud-centric applications, so things that are actually designed to scale and be agile, the, the Netflix-type model of this world, but or try and focus more on the traditional IT that wants to take advantage of cloud, but can't actually, um, won't necessarily get all the full benefits of it. Um, I think it is possible to to deliver to both, um, and and but I, I, I think it would be short-sighted to only focus on traditional models with a, not caring about the future. 
but it is going to take a very, very long time until everyone's doing sort of truly agile um, software stacks. It, it's, it's not one year, it's not two years, it's decades until everyone's actually going to be um, rewriting their software to actually um, work in that way and be fully disposable and throwaway. So purely focusing on that model as well, I don't think it's going to work. You've seen with Amazon, for example, they, they started to begin with, and it was the whole no persistent storage and anything else. And over time, they've had to bridge the gap um, for enterprise IT wanting to actually deliver services. They they might well want to see the end game is this this fully cloud-centric way of doing it, but it can actually, it's a number of steps along the way. One interesting point you bring up, though, there with developers is one really common thing that I hear, and it drives me a bit mad, to be honest, is that I speak to service providers and they say, I see no point in providing and having a business model to do dev test, to allow customers to do dev test. And they say, there's no money in it. And they're not wrong. There probably isn't necessarily that much money in it. But what happens time and time again, and this is where Amazon has won wonderfully well, is people go and use Amazon for dev test because it's easier to spin something up on Amazon than it is to even get it internally in their own intern IoT bomb, let alone from a third-party hosting provider. They get they use it, they get familiar with the tools, they build their entire software on it, and then they go, okay, now we want to put it in production. Well, why are we going to move it off of Amazon? And it's just every other hoster can have that same possibility and opportunity, but they need to actually support dev test use cases to begin with. And it's not that they'll make lots of money out of the that that revenue, but it's that it will help sticky the stickify, if I can create a word, mm-hmm. um, the revenue going forward um, as those customers get more familiar and comfortable with that, that service provider's platforms. And I know you guys are focused at the software level, but do you either recommend configurations to service providers or do you see any trends there that you think are important for service providers to focus on, whether it's um, software-defined networking or solid-state drives or any of that? Um, well, what, what we do find, in, and this this is both a, a blessing and a curse in some ways, is everybody's doing things a little bit differently. And we're starting to, to get a fair amount of data points now from all the conversations we have with different service providers. Um, SSDs are no doubt a good thing. Anything that removes having to deal with traditional spindles is is, uh, is always good. Um, distributed storage technologies um, in terms of actually building out um, so you can actually do things at a, a much more granular scale rather than having to put massive capex investment up front um, are also um, really really interesting in terms of sdn type stuff sdn's a great thing um a lot of us believe we were doing sdn before it was called sdn so we our software for example has a completely integrated um stack you could argue is sdn in that you basically need a bunch of dumb switches and it does the rest um and same with storage as well so for example we plug into all sorts of different storage arrays and you anything from a million dollar sand to a box you buy from best buy we can our software can work with with any of it so Software abstraction in general, the whole software-defined piece, I think is very, very important because it just does deliver a lot more flexibility in the future. But in terms of trends, I think the biggest trend, um, sorry to repeat my previous point, is for service providers to just totally look at how can we go up the stack in terms of what we're offering. Enterprises are looking for more complex requirements. They're looking for service providers to deliver more. What is it they're actually looking for? One of the things we, we advise them to do a lot of service providers, and I hate to sound critical, but um, I know this because I used to run one and I was poor at this, are really poor at un- understanding their existing customer base and understanding their existing their requirements. And so what we actually say is, very simply, understand your existing customer base, group them, 
understand what their key requirements are, understand how you can play to their strength, your strengths and how you can play to that, and actually get on and do something, even if it's just one part of your customer base to begin with and you roll out something to solve one problem, because the use cases you anticipate will blow you away. Um, the, one, the ones that will come up that you haven't anticipated. Um, and the key is actually trying to get out there and do something and get something on the market, rather than actually try and be, build this um, super size, one size fits all system that actually suits everybody because it won't. Um, and you will be forced to reinvent and then and redo what you want to do anyway. So the key is actually getting out there and getting something to market. Okay, some of the business basics, it sounds like, is a really important factor, not just the technology. Um, and maybe a follow-up question on that. When uh, some of your service provider customers are trying to understand their target market, do do you see them segmenting or, or understanding their customers based on the types of applications that their customers are going to deploy? Or do you see it along the enterprise IT organization versus developer spectrum? Or do you see them going after vertical markets like financials and insurance? Or what sort of way do you think that service providers are successfully identifying types of customers that, that would be good to serve? I think I think it's a combination of those in some ways. I think it's identifying the target types of markets, so whether it's healthcare or government or whatever it might be, and then trying to identify the key pain points that those uh, markets have actually got and how they can provide them. And that might be by providing a certain set of applications or it might be providing a certain hardware configuration because they're, they're doing particular I.O. intensive work so they need to do SSD um, in, on their compute side, so that on the storage side, so that they can actually um, deliver what they need. It, it's a, there is a combination of it. It's, this is the thing. It's a, it's a very, very fragmented market. Um, the US and, and Europe is just the same and so everybody's you you have some companies that have got a very 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 vertical focus and so they're looking purely at the applications and then you've got some people that are going well we sell to everybody so we just want to look at how we can do something that's scalable and fast and, and everything else but yeah the, the key is trying to identify where your particular strength lies because it, some of them can be quite surprising sometimes where people start looking and going okay why why do people come to us it's not always been as obvious as um, as they might seem, and that's the key to then work out how to grow going forward. But relying on traditional growth, relying on traditional sales methods, is not going to work, unfortunately, much longer because the, this market really is being completely upended. Excellent. Well, Tony, thanks so much for taking the time today. This is really interesting and informative. Thanks again. Thanks for having me.